And the average time social media users spend on social media each day is two hours, five minutes. Now, two hours, five minutes might not sound like a lot, but when we go to work each day and have long days, we come back or to school and we have family commitments and other commitments, prayers, uh, contemplation on God, two hours, five minutes, and that's the average, mind you, is a long time to spend on social media. The percentage of 55% of the population use mobile phone apps on their phone for the social media, and 14% have location-based services or active GPS tagging. And I'll talk a little bit later about what GPS tagging is and some of the risks that presents not only to us as adults, but to also our children. Social media safety is very important and is reliant upon you and all of us to ensure that it's complete, to protect us and our children online. Passwords are very important and you need to avoid using simple names or words that can be found in a dictionary. Try and insert numbers and symbols in the middle of your passwords and use different passwords for each social media site and bank accounts. The most important thing is don't expose your date of birth on social media sites. It's the date of birth that criminal syndicates and identity theft thieves use to be able to clone your identity. Once they have your date of birth, there's a number of ways, particularly through social media sites, mail theft and the like, and they can actually take your identity and clone it. Once your identity has been cloned, you can have a lot of problems trying to get it back. Become very familiar with privacy controls. Learn to use the privacy and security settings on social networks. They are there to help you control who sees what you post and manage online in a positive way. Don't use your child's name in photo tags or captions. If someone else does, delete it by clicking remove tag. If a child isn't on Facebook and someone includes his or her name in a caption, ask that person to remove it. Hackers commonly infiltrate legitimate accounts so they can send links to their malware sites while posing as a friend, family member or a business contact. These sites try to trip you into downloading their malicious software and can gain full remote access of your computer. I'll talk about that a little bit later as well. Continue on social media safety. Avoid mentioning that you'll be away from home or your children posting that they'll be away from home on vacation or holidays because that's like putting a sign no one's home up on your place and letting the criminals know that your house is going to be unoccupied for a certain period of time and that just gives them the green light to come in and rob you. Letting search engines find you located in Facebook to help prevent strangers from accessing a profile, go to the search section of Facebook privacy controls and select only friends for Facebook search results. Be sure the box for public search is not checked. Geotagging, which I mentioned earlier, is the process of adding geographic identification to photos, videos, sites, etc. And tagged photos show other users exactly where the pictures are taken from. I can tell you, in my 
situation uh, as a police commander that worked at the gang squad prior to my post here at the um, uh, fraud and cyber crime squad. I've had a lot of security around my house, a lot of cameras. Uh, we've even got duress alarms, personal duress alarms, both for me and my wife. And I've gone to a lot of trouble to remove all my decals and my wife's decals and children's decals off all the computer systems, RMS systems, Electrol, the like, you won't find me anywhere. But I want to use geotagging in this example, an innocent example, if I can use it safe that way, as to how risky it is and how easy it was to be able to reveal where someone lives, and in this case, where I live. I had my family around, uh, my children around at a barbecue, it was a social event, uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, my daughter took an innocent photo in the backyard. I wasn't in the photo, it was Emilia, but the friends are, that were there and her brothers and sisters. She has on her iPhone uh, an active GPS system which was activated. And when she posted that on Facebook, unbeknown to me, um, that was tagged with my home address. And I didn't realise because I don't have Facebook, nor do I use Twitter or any other social media other than LinkedIn. And that has its own risks, which I won't talk about today. In any event, my son rings me a few hours later when he got home and said, Dad, you won't believe what's happened. And I said, what's that? He said, um, Melissa's uh, posted a uh, photo of all the family on uh, Facebook and uh, it's been tagged to your house. Your address comes up as soon as we uh, uh, open up the Facebook and look at the photo. So we had it removed. So that's just one example of the risks that social media, if we're not familiar with it, very innocently, you know how our children like to take photos, post those photos on Facebook or on social media sites, that's how easy it is uh, to make some mistakes like that in my case, when I try to keep my address and private details very confidential, revealing where I live. Um, the minimum age for Facebook users, I don't know if you're all aware of it, is 13. Um, but that rule is often ignored and many parents allow their children of under the age of 13 to be exposed to content on Facebook which is suitable really only for older adults. So we need to be mindful as parents that if we're going to allow children to have access to Facebook that we monitor it accordingly. And it's important to keep your security and operating system up to date. Once posted, always posted. My question to, to all of you is, what are you or your children posting online? You need to protect your reputation on social networks. What you post online stays online. Think twice before posting pictures. You wouldn't want your parents, children, or your future employees to see. Research found that 70% of job recruiters rejected candidates based on information they found out about them online, 70%. I'm sure in the past couple of days you've seen in the media a term referred to as sexting. Sexting is now a common practice online by both adults, teenagers and, yes, children. Young Australian boys and girls are sending and receiving sexually suggestive, nude and inappropriate pictures and videos. In a recent survey, which was conducted with 16 and 17-year-olds, 13% of those teenagers stated that they or a friend had sent photos 
or videos to someone else. 18% of those 16 and 17, 17 year olds stated that they or a friend received photos or videos from someone else. But what was interesting to me is that when they were surveyed, the parents of these teenagers, only 3% stated that they knew that their child had sent suggestive material and only 8% stated that their child had received such images. Are your children sending or receiving inappropriate pictures or videos? I was wondering whether to include that question in today's presentation, better in the audience. However, after speaking to Father Sevius, he encouraged me to include it. So I have. And after speaking with Father Sevius, let me say that our children are not immune. And it's not just children. I can confirm that also adults are involved. And as a new phenomenon, which I'll talk about a little bit later, I'll touch on it, I'm preparing by the time, which is called sextortion. And I'll explain what that is. That's becoming more and more common and prevalent in today's society, sadly. I just want you to remember for this particular image that once it's posted, there's no knowing where it will end up. In fact, 88% of self-generated images have been collected and put on other sites. 88%. And support for me, particularly my position, to stress that it is a criminal offence under the Crimes Act to produce, disseminate or possess child abuse material. It's also a criminal offence to incite a person under the age of 16 to commit an act of indecency. So, how can you as parents help, or we as parents help? Always remain vigilant and be aware of what your children are doing online. Monitor and restrict their use of the internet. Stay calm and delete. Help your child ask the people who received a particular image to delete it and untag it. Report it. Contact the website the ISP provider, the school, whoever can help take it down. Support your child, talk about it with them. They need you now. It's very important you provide that support. If you feel you can't deal with it on your own, get some professional help. We've got professional help over there, such as Kevin Garcetius. Something that's probably due to all of you and all of us is the impact of cyberbullying. Um, this type of behaviour is becoming more and more prevalent, not only to our children, it can happen to any one of us, at home or in the workplace. In many instances, under the protection of anonymity, people will make comments and remarks that they would not normally make face to face. Cyberbullying can have and does have serious consequences for both children and adults, including depression and suicide. So how do we deal with cyber bullies? You need to advise your children not to reply to any messages of a bully. Often, if bullies don't receive a response, they will give up. Learn how to block a bully so that they can't make contact. Keeping a record of the harassing messages 
and then he replies, we'll help you as parents and the authorities, if necessary, to find out who is sending them. Keep your username and password secret. Where children recognise that a message is threatening, they should tell a parent immediately. Cyberbullying is threatening is illegal and a criminal offence and should be reported to police. Contact the website of Illustrator or a webmaster to remove that content. And I've just posted up a couple of um, support networks that if you're interested, you can reach out to and get some more information. Now benefits of social media, there are many benefits. As you can see up there, benefits which allow our children to accomplish many of the tasks, schooling tasks, um, staying connected with their friends and family, making new friends, providing opportunities for community engagement, raising money for charities, and the list goes on. There's many benefits for law enforcement. I know that with my uh, job, social media has assisted us with many investigations. Um, we use CC when I was uh, charge of the uh, strike force and Nogra, the criminal rights. We use uh, CCTV footage and social media to help us identify a lot of the Middle Eastern people responsible for the reprisal attacks. Also, when I was at the gang squad, um, one particular investigation that we had for a, for a gang, um, I can tell you that the social media sites that these people were posting were more assisting to us with that investigation than what we had on the whole criminal system in terms of um, and we did very little surveillance because all their associates were posted online. Uh, where they were going and uh, repeating was posted online. Where they were living was posted online. Motorbikes, cars they were driving was posted online with registration numbers. Um, gymnasium that we were going to the train were posted online. So all of that was made very easy for us as investigators. So we used a lot of those social media sites and we used covert uh, Facebook users to be able to access that information. So, yes, it can be very beneficial. It also has helped us in the law enforcement perspective for looking for witnesses and, of course, informing the community of what's happening in a particular area, like police operations, emergency evacuations, and the like. However, there are many negative aspects of social media. Unfortunately, there are many pedophiles preying on young children, grooming young children, online extortion. Fraud, identity theft, cyberbullying, Facebook depression, children at risk of social isolation, young people being too public with information. We have a unit at the Sex Crime Squad which works 24-7 and works undercover online to catch these predators. So it is a real problem and we all need to be careful of what, what our, who our people, young people and children are talking to online. Social media and our orthodox faith. Technology and the internet are valuable tools to us as orthodox Christians. They allow us to spread the word of God and our faith, particularly to isolated parts of the globe, as well as learning more about our faith and what is happening around us. Social media interaction, and in particular the use of Facebook, is not always beneficial. What do I mean by that? As Orthodox Christians, we must be wary of intimate conversations online. 
particularly with the people of the opposite sex, is a trap for all of us, and many good people have been caught in it. A new survey conducted by the American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers found that one in five divorces involved the social networking site Facebook. It found that it wasn't so much the affairs that online relationships led to, rather it was the persistent flirting that broke down the barriers and the hedges which once protected the marriage vow. Such interaction often led to a downward spiral, corrupting and compromising the marriage vow. In respect to relationships, social media, if we allow it, can be a form of illusory intimacy, clouding and distorting our minds. Quoting Proverbs 10.9, when there are many words, sin is unavoidable, but the one who controls his lips is wise. How much time are you spending on the internet? That includes reading newspapers, watching the news, research, online chatting and emails. Too much time spent online impacts both on our family and work commitments. But more importantly for us, as Orthodox Christians, it takes away from prayer and the contemplation of God and reading of the Gospel, which should be our main priority. James 1, 14-16 But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Too many times inappropriate conversations through social media lead to great pain with children, spouses, parents and friends. Social media is a tool for all of us to use. My question to us as Orthodox Christians is what kind of role models are we to our children? Technology and the internet is used by many Orthodox churches, monasteries, including Mount Athos and Mandanatha, to inform, contact and educate us in the Orthodox faith. It's not technology or social media which is the enemy, but it's often out of our imaginations and thoughts that bad choices are born. Matthew 15, 18 to 19, when Christ was speaking to his disciples, warned, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. And one that I found very, very interesting, and I think very applicable to today's talk, was a quote from Elder Thaddeus of Pitognica in Serbia from the book compiled by the Brotherhood 
of St. Herman of Alaska to style our thoughts determine our lives. Elder Thaddeus said, our life depends on the kind of thoughts we nurture. If our thoughts are peaceful, meek and kind, that is what, it's, what our life is like. If our attention is turned to the circumstances in which we live, we are drawn into a whirlpool of thoughts and we can neither have peace nor tranquility. Brothers and sisters, did you know that social media today has replaced money as the number one contributor to marriage problems? And finally, I just wanted to touch upon four common cybercrime trends that we are seeing impacting the communities today. First one is telephone and online scams. These were frauds committed by people who are purporting to be Microsoft employees and have the victim give them remote access to their computers. A Trojan is then installed on the victim's computer and it gives, gives them, the criminals that is, access to all the PC's private holdings. Romance scams, as you know, they're becoming more and more prominent and we see it all the time, not only from Nigeria but within our own country as well. Criminals lure unsuspecting, lonely men and women and many teenagers as well into believing they are in a relationship over a period of time and manage to scam the victim of not only their money and life savings but in some instances all their assets as well through a myriad of lies and deceits. I spoke earlier about sextortion. Sextortion is now becoming a very common and prevalent threat, uh, trend, which is, because of obvious reasons, very underreported. Usually targets teenage children and adults, but what we found in my line of work, also some very prominent people in our community. This is where people are being befriended on chat sites, and later private information shared between them, the victim and the particular perpetrator, and they become Facebook friends. From there, they will communicate privately on Skype. And then, inappropriate acts are recorded by the criminal who extorts the victim for money or otherwise. They will post that video to all their Facebook friends and broadcast it on explicit sites. And you can imagine the devastation that that will do to not only young people, but has done, like I've the personal experience of what I've seen in my section to adults. Finally, crypto lockup and ransomware. This is where an email is sent to a victim purporting to be a government agency, whether it's from the State Debt Recovery Office, the Roads uh, Traffic Authority, or, or the Australian Taxation Office. The email usually states that there are unpaid fines for the victim to pay, and once the victim opens up the file or the link, their computer is then locked. And the only way they can get the encryption key to unlock your computer is to pay a ransom. Again, this is also very underreported because of the valuable and private information that people have in the computer. And finally, some discussion points to leave you with. Are we as parents and Orthodox Christians acting as examples to our children? What are we doing to educate and raise our children with the right virtues? 
are we incorporating social media into our spiritual life? Or are we incorporating our spiritual life into social media? Technology and social media are all around us. How do we manage the time we spend on it? How do we limit the time spent on it by our children? Particularly whilst we are all living in a society of impulsiveness and immediacy. Thank you.